Welcome, Highfalutin Ski Bum Podcast, episode number 124. It is your pals, Mario and Brian. Mario, what's up? Uh, everything is up. It's a good week. I'm glad to be podcasting. We got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, Brian's been working his ass off. Going to have a new little look and feel to some of the stuff that, that represents us. And uh, we got some good plans. I, I like it. I'm feeling pretty pretty positive today. That's right. You know what? We're, we're definitely a lot more positive going into the summer than we were the last two years. Yeah, we're, we don't have the doom and gloom, right? Yeah, we're trying to keep it positive, man. Well, this is like our rest period, and then we got to like hit it hard during ski season. So exactly. So yeah, we uh, we're it's excited to connect with everybody, right? It is. It is. You finally, find people. They're not on the slope somewhere remote. They're like around. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you know, you have your friends during ski season, and you have your uh, your non ski season friends. So got to make sure you're staying in touch with those people too. Yeah, your Flatlander friends. <laughs> Flatlander, but they could always find us where. Oh, well, they can always find us at skibumpodcast.com. Check us out on the socials, twitter.com slash skibumpodcast, facebook.com slash skibumpodcast, instagram.com slash skibumpodcast. We are on Pinterest as the Highfalutins, and we are on SoundCloud as highfalutin-skibum. I got to say, Brian, I'm rocking the shit out of that Pinterest thing, man. Yeah, you know what? We're kind of dividing and conquering on our, our socials. I've been, I'm all over the Twitter that's my big one. And I, uh, Twitter you know, guy. I put stuff I, on Facebook too. Yeah. Gotta do more Instagramming. I, uh, I don't know what, why I don't do more, I guess. You know, what's funny. Like you see a lot of people's dumb stuff they post. So my wife's doing this, uh, she's doing this, this exercise thing and there's like all this you know, social media attached to it. And she was telling me like one of the women who does it, she's like, yeah, she, I was looking at her, her feed, her stream. And she's like, yeah, she was, uh, I watched like this video from her. She makes $40,000 a month doing like this Instagram and blog. I'm like, holy shit. I'm like, can you do that too? <laughs> okay. Can you learn from her? How about that? 40 fucking grand a month. And she takes all these like stupid selfies with like her like corny t-shirts and stuff. Damn. Like Jesus Christ. And that's 40 grand reported. That's not even what you really make. Allegedly. 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 According to the IRS, that's what I make. I I was I my jaw was seriously on the floor. I couldn't believe it. But it's amazing, you know. And then, you know, social media is social media. Some people take it to an extreme and have comments about it, which I won't make comments on it. Uh but yeah, it's you just uh, gotta put it out there. You know, you really gotta just put a lot of content out there and see what sticks. So yeah. Yeah, part of our redesign and part of our, our our strategy that we're we're tweaking this summer is going to have us hitting a little bit harder on social media and doing a few more different things. Which, you know, what? I think we put out cool content, and I think this is going to just give us more, you know, more stuff and and further reach to put out more stuff. So we also don't overwhelm with bad content. We just kind of we we only put out what we really want to put out. We don't just put out stuff. For the sake of putting it out, you know what I mean. Listen, I'm ready to go full on whore starting on whore. starting this season, man. I wanna if it's gonna get me some DPS skis, and, <laughs> you know, and get me a freaking condo in Lake Tahoe or something. I will whore my ass out. You keep putting little pictures of your baby out there. He is a cute little mofo. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, I'm. Oh, I'm definitely gonna whore him out big time this summer. <laughs> Got his little. I'm a skier onesie. I'm gonna freaking attack, you know, send it to line and have them be like, oh my god, he should be our new our new oh, spokes baby. 
Oh, and skis. Now all you got to do is get a puppy. You puppy with a baby. That's the. Oh, forget it. That's like uh, that's ice cream with with hot sauce and whipped cream and cherry on top, plus gravy on the side. Yeah, and a baby human and a baby dog. That's freaking great. That's not even fair at that point. Yeah, it's not fair. People can't resist. Nope. You get like twenty thousand likes overnight. Twenty thousand followers. <laughs> boom, like that. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so look for that this summer and fall, folks. Definitely, definitely. But we're going to stick to our strengths. It's time for our prey today. I'm from the uh, new ghetto studio. New and fabulous. It's ghetto fabulous today. <laughs> um, I'm at my new place, new digs, the new future. Uh, Schema Podcast South Studio. The Southern oh. Studio, yeah. Southern yeah. Studio. Uh, you're north of Mason Dixon. I'm south of Mason Dixon, so we got it covered. That's um, true. But uh, yeah, I'm building it out, and uh, it's it's definitely ghetto fabulous. I think I showed Brian before. My microphone is on a TV wall mount that is used to hold up the microphone right now, standing on a uh, a step ladder. So it's ghetto fabulous. Let's just put it that way. It works though, right? It works, man. It's it's pretty good. So I'm gonna do a live demo of. Uh, Drinking for my operate today is the J-Dub Brewing Company out of Sarasota, Florida, makes this Bell Cow Milk Chocolate Porter. It sounds delicious, right? Sounds very delicious. Oh, hear that? Crispy. Let's, let's do the first taste. Mmm. Getting a lot of milk chocolate. Definitely nice. tastes like a chocolate milk. This is freaking awesome. Huh. Actually, talk to the person in the uh, in the liquor store where I bought this, and I was like, "How is this?" And they described it as like it's it would really take you back to like drinking like chocolate milk. And I'm like, ah, "Come on, ah, this is really good." I'm very surprised. It doesn't have a has a little bit of bitterness to make you think like you're actually having chocolate. Um. But it's like a sweetie, like it definitely tastes like milk chocolate. So I don't know how they do that flavor if it's artificial, but I'm thinking. You think it's like that milk yeast? Is that what they call it? I don't know. It tastes like milk chocolate. It really does. It's crazy. So uh, the can, if I could read it, because I'm blind as that. I'm old as fuck right now. Uh, I feel old as fuck. Let's see. They're saying. Generous portion of high quality chocolate fancy. And we've added a nice amount of lactose to give this beer a touch of sweetness. So they're saying, um, enjoy your milk porter and more. Wow. They add lactose to this? So this is not lactose free. This is lactose unfree. Very cool. Nice. I don't know. I like the uh, the the packaging is pretty cool. So it has like a you know a cow can, you know the white with the black spots, and it has pink, pink and brown. So it's actually kind of kind of pretty cool logo. J Dub. So very cool. Well done on the milk porter. Uh, Eight point six ABV. Uh, let's see what uh, your ad rates this as.
They have had a few milk porters, but this is actually really good. This is oh, a four a four point oh five out of five. Exceptional. Nice. So is very good. Um, yeah, I'm wondering about this uh, lactose if they actually added in. They're saying um, one person puts uh, black and color, black and color with minimal light penetration. Um, they're saying it definitely tastes exactly like milk, chocolate, cocoa powder, and lactose. The mouth is dry to touch watery. Yep, seems to be what's going on here. Huh, I'm liking this. Nice. Might be one of my favorites. We'll see. On a hot day, I don't know. Is it still light enough, though? It's not, like, too heavy. Yeah, some of that milk stuff during the summer or when it's hot is a little a little rough. This is surprisingly not as heavy as I thought it would be. That's why I waited to have it. Yeah. Very nice. So what do you got going on, Brian? I have a beer that I tried for the first time earlier this week out at a bar and had it on draft. And today I was on the way home and I was like, you know what? I really need to grab this beer again because I tried it and I tried another beer that was similar and did enjoy it nearly as much, which made me appreciate it even more. Oh, so I, it took me three liquor store trips to find a place that had it. What? But I, I am happy liquor stores for this. It was that good. I liked it that much. Yeah. Wow. You have three liquor store runs. (laughs) Yes. Well, I knew I knew they had it at this place because I saw it there two weeks ago, but didn't buy it. Oh, okay. So I went to two better liquor stores that I figured would probably have it as well, but did not. This beer is what you were doing. Kind of, yeah. So I'm drinking the Stone I'm Peach Double IPA. Nice. So it looks like Impeach, but it's actually got an apostrophe, so it's I'm Peach. And it's a double. It's a double. Mm. But it drinks pretty light. It's really tasty. And I guess I, I guess peach is like the hot fruit to put in your beer this year. I saw a couple couple breweries have been doing that. Peach is a good flavor for beer. Like I was a big fan of the Festina Peach. The Festina Pesh. Oh yeah, that dogfish head. Yeah, which is a sour beer, which I don't like sour beer except for that one for a mm-hmm. little while. But peach is a good flavor with beer, I think. Yeah, this is yeah, because you get the um you know, you get the bitterness from the hops. I think this is, is it citra hops in here. Um, but yeah, the peaches are just so, it, I mean, it is, it's sweet. So, you know, you can definitely see a lot of people on Beer Advocate being like, it's too sweet. I don't like it. It should be bitter and miserable. Hey, that's fine. If you want bitter and miserable, then have that. I love hops. IPA. Dude, I love hops. I also love peaches. And this beer is just so tasty. It's really flavorful. I mean, you get crushed with peaches in the beginning. You also get, you know, the, the slight bitterness of the hops. It's just really just delicious. It's almost like a dessert, this beer. Um, this is my second one. And I also had bourbon before. So I'm doing my best to have a little bit of coffee and keep it together. Nice. But if I don't, I'm going to blame the good folks at Stone and their awesome beers. And like I said, I, I told a bunch of people about this. I had it on draft this, this week. and I was like blown away by how good it was. And I was like chugging it because it was so tasty. And it was also a really hot day. Wow. And I'm like, I'm chugging this like 8.8% beer. And I was like, whoa, I should probably dial this back a little bit. Ooh, yeah. I was actually uh, at a bar and I was tasting a bunch, you know, because I love the bars where they let you taste before you get a whole pint. Because um, I hate getting a pint of something I hate. So mm-hmm. 
um, I was actually tasting a few beers and they had, you know, they were citra hop, um, in them for IPAs and I'm talking, I'm like, you know, you know, IPAs have changed so much, like over the last few years, it's not just the, you know, big hop bomb that you used to. It's like, now they have a lot of fruited, like with the citra hops and the fruit flavors, even though they don't add fruit necessarily, that depends on how they brew it. But it's nice to have those mixes of stuff because now there's like different within IPAs alone, there's not just one IPA that you're going to taste and be like, Oh yeah, that tastes just like every IPA. There's such a range within IPAs. So if you, if you've tried them in the past and you didn't like them, I would say something like that, Brian, maybe give it a gander because uh, you never know. You might, you might actually like some IPAs. It's, it's such a wild range. Yeah, this this is definitely a good option for someone trying to to get into IPAs. I mean, again, it's a little bit heavy, so you know you might not want the whole glass. You might well, want double IPA too one. is that's you're you're going into the the double range is tough. Yeah, in a way, I was kind of hoping to find something that was more of like a sessiony beer because I was I was looking for something a little bit lighter because you know it's summer, it's warmer, and you know one of the ones that I've had before that I like is that um that Hell or High Watermelon mm-hmm. that. That, uh, but it's a wheat, wheat beer. I don't, and I don't love wheat beers. I was no, looking I for like, either. I was looking for like something that was like more like session IPA ish with fruit, you know, like hoping for like a, like a watermelon. Yeah. Something like a, like a watermelon or a, you know, like a peach or a grapefruit. Like that I think would be good. One of my favorites that I had, and I don't think they make it anymore. You know, the, um, the, is, I think it's the Traveler. A curious traveler oh, yeah. to make all the shandies and stuff. They made an IPA shandy. It was called, nice. and they had it out for like I've only I think maybe one or two years, and I don't think they had it last year. It was such a kick-ass like pool beach beer because it was I think it was like four and a half percent or something, but it had flavor to it. You know, it was still a little bit hoppy, still a little bit citrusy, and it was. It was, and I, I bought like a six pack, and I think everyone who tried it was like, "This is awesome!" Like we've never had anything like this in like a sessiony beer. But they uh, they stopped making it last year, which was kind of a bummer. So wow. I don't know. I have to keep my eyes open. Maybe Funny with can... the uh, with the shandies, like the shandies, like the the modern day Rodler. Mm-hmm. And I remember the first time I went to Germany, people ordering like you know a limo, which is lemon and coke and then they're ordering like rattlers and like what the hell is all this stuff right so uh somebody explains to me no rattler is you know uh just like a pilsner like a regular german beer and they pour like a lemon lime uh cola in it almost like a a sprite or uh something like that in there um what was the i made them here and i think it was uh sierra mist or something like that was was more similar because it was a little sweeter but because it almost like an orangina or something they would use uh, no, it's like a, le- it's like a, le- it's, like a sp- it's like a Sprite. I forgot what they used, but it was something they, you don't get here. It tasted like a Sprite, but with a little bit sweeter and a little more lemon lime in it. You know what I mean? Like a little more and, uh, just mixing it with the half, half, oh, it tasted delicious, especially on a nice warm day. Oh, nice. And then they started, everybody started with the shandies and it's funny, like how everybody loves the shandy, but like, why wouldn't you think to mix something in the beer? You know what I mean? Like, I think that was a no-no. I think it still is a no-no. Cause if, if you tell somebody like, yeah, you know, you go to a bar, like, yeah, I'll order a beer with a little bit of a uh, Sprite in it. 
they look at you like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, but then you order a summer shandy and they're like, oh yeah, I know what that is, you know? So right. I think it's just kind of funny. Like, I think that's the next, if I was going to be uh, predicting something to happen in the future, I would say people are going to start mixing stuff, more stuff with the beers. Yeah, I mean, that that's a good point because, you know, there's there's cocktails with all kinds of, you know, different kind of liquors. Why isn't there more beer cocktails out there? I mean, we've had the Chilada. They've tried that. They've tried. They do the, the uh, Corona Ritas now. Yeah, so it's that's Margarita. true. But the funniest thing is, like, I was at a place uh, two weeks ago, and they had on the menu, like, Corona Rita is like, you know, so they take one of the Corona splits, which is like a half Corona, like a little baby, baby bottle Corona, and they give you a regular margarita, and then they chuck that in there, like, in a stand. So you're having the little baby Corona with, like, a regular margarita, tequila margarita. So I was like, <laughs> wow, they're not making the margarita with the with the Corona, it's a margarita with the Corona on top. I'm like, wow, it's like a chaser, but in the drink. Yeah. Right. Very interesting. That is kind of interesting. I'm not a big fan. I don't like the flavor of it, but it's interesting. to me. I respect that it exists. Yeah, that's right. And people are baller enough to order it, you know, like, yeah, I've had one back in the day, a Corona Rita. Yeah, I had one. I was like, yeah, it was all right. I wasn't, I wasn't a big fan, but it, I think timing is too is, is important. You know, when you go and get it, I, I had it, and it was uh, like after like a three hour, you know, however many mile hike. So it was like perfect. Nice. Do you have anything at that point? You're like, oh, this is so great. <laughs> yeah, right. It's hydrating me. <laughs> I was uh, I was thirsty as hell today, and I went out and I ate barbecue on the way to my mom's because mm-hmm. I was like, let me stop up there. I'm still moving crap out. Um, cause I have stuff like parked at her place and whatever. So I'm leaving here. I'm like, hey, there's no rush. Let me stop off at barbecue place. And that's the other thing I, I love being down South again is barbecue. I can eat barbecue every day. And fortunately I've forgotten that barbecue is that readily available because <laughs> I would be eating it like a lot more than I, than I am now. And, um, I stopped, you know, half day of work, whatever. So I'm, I'm off and I'm just kind of chilling out, eat some barbecue. And I'm like plowing down some, uh, some beers. And I was so thirsty. I wanted water, but they had one of the only things they had on tap was Amberbach. And I'm like, Amberbach and, and what you, you know, uh, Michelob Amberbach and, uh, and barbecue is does not sound like a great pairing and it probably isn't but i was so thirsty it hit the spot <laughs> good old Michelob. it was like the wrong thing to have at the right time the spot <laughs> that you know what that could be Michelob's whole new advertising campaign next year <laughs> the, the wrong thing to have at the right time it's like we were talking about the commercials where the where the dudes are biking and they're like you know playing tennis and they are oh, the dumb Michelob Ultra commercials, yeah. And then they have Michelob Ultra. It's the wrong beer at the right time. It, it hits the spot, perfect. Yeah, that's such a great advertising slogan. Yeah, one <laughs> podcast has to take uh, total credit for that. That's right. The wrong beer at the right time. The wrong beer at the right time. <laughs> it's kind of like having a. Um, you know, a, uh, a whatchamacallit, a Bill Cosby, uh, Rufy Colada. Wrong <laughs> beer at the right time. Oof. Yeah, not so good. 
Yeah, it's not too soon for that either. <laughs> He's guilty. So we got a couple of stories to talk about while we're in the apre world. So this story is coming out of California. There's a a co-working um a co-working company. So it's called WeWork. And it's, you know, if you don't have an office or you don't have a, a you know, a place to work, you go to one of these and you you kind of rent out a space for you to, you know, to to work. Our buddy John is big on this. His company oh, really? He works for a real real estate company and um he says they got big into this and it's like a huge huge industry. I mean, it's actually a great idea. Yeah. So out in California they had some sort of issue and uh they originally used to give like free alcohol at their California offices. I don't know if it was just like a Friday thing or an everyday thing. No, I think but, it was available to all their tenants. Oh, was it like all the time? All the time. This was part of the uh part of what you pay for, right? Part of the benefit of being with uh with them. Yeah. So they starting it in January, they had to go dry. And they're saying that this was actually like a really big deal for people. And they said there was a lot of it was part of their Friday routine among the colleagues. They were saying that they need to get like a liquor license and you know it's not really a regulatory priority. But you know, a lot of the millennials working there, they were pissed off. So they 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 bitched and complained enough and that they were able to, you know, to get them to go through the regulatory hoops to get it back on. To get their booze back. Yeah. You went you interviewed a place when you were looking at jobs. Yeah. Didn't you interview a place that actually dude was drinking a beer? The guy was drinking a beer in my interview. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking awesome. We do that at schemapodcast.com. Just saying. Any uh, interns that we get for free that can work for free, we will feed them beers as well. Just saying. I got to tell you, it was a little bit strange having this guy have this giant beer while he's interviewing me. And you know what? He like a, He had a conscious thought to say, I'm going to walk in there, interview this guy drinking a beer. Yeah, I guess he must have, or otherwise he was just a degenerate alcoholic. I don't know. You know, you, you just don't know with some people. Um, yeah, great, it's great guy to work for, but it's not all. It's <laughs> got to be a culture thing for the business. So, yeah, that was. Uh, hey, I got offered the job, so that was something, I guess. Uh, yeah, free beer every day, man. <laughs> yeah. You're like Brian, what are you doing today? Pounding beer. <laughs> just, uh, just destroying my liver. How's I'm doing projects. I'm just pounding beers today. <laughs> that would be fucking crazy. It's just funny. This article, one of the quotes they say is that, you know, beverages, both caffeinated ones and alcoholic ones are where people connect. They are the, one of the best social lubricants that there are. It hey, gives you the opportunity to work, get work done, but also to have an excuse to relax and connect with people. You know, I work for, you work for a big company. I mean, I work for a big company. There's beer in the fridge all the time. Is it really? Oh yeah. I mean I work like near the market people. Well yeah. Um well, lately I have <laughs> but no the marketing people and the IT people, they all they all have it in the fridge. Of course nobody drinks it during the day, but you know, somebody's probably like, Yeah, I'm gonna sneak one during the day. Yeah, <laughs> I know like something. Yeah, I know like in our office because everyone commutes in via, you know, train or something. So, you know, on a Friday there's always people run out at lunchtime and go to the local liquor store and you know, pick a couple of beers up for the uh, <laughs> the train ride home. Dude, I'm so bitter that I was born like 20 years too late. I hear stories about, 
I work for a company that's very old school, had a lot of history in, in New York. Won't say what it was, but they used to literally until I think they said about three or four years before I started there, they had a bar cart that went around on Friday afternoons after two o'clock. I was like, you fucking kidding me? They're like, yeah, they used to have a bar cart used to come and person used to ride around, make cocktails and shit. I was like, get the fuck. That's so awesome. It was literally like man, man. Like, yeah. Would you like a cocktail? Yeah. And it was like a whole social thing. It was a way to to get people to stay past like, you know, 12 o'clock. They'd have their liquid lunch, come back, have a few more cocktails and be in the office. So the problem is seriously, if you have two or three cocktails, what kind of work are you getting done? (laughs) They're doing the networking. That's it. You want to network and socialize. That's it. You just go to the photocopier of photocopying your balls and sending them to people. Nowadays, people are just going there at the beach. Like, yeah. Tanning at the beach. You know, I, I get the appeal of the booze, but I also, you know what? I'd rather just get the hell out of there and go booze on my own. Well, you know, yeah. The sooner you can get the hell out of there and avoid all those people. That's the, that's the best move. Because think about it too, when you're getting hammered with your coworkers, there's so many negative things that can happen. Yeah, it is a big deal. You know, like you start like hitting on, you know, like a secretary or like an intern. Just you know, it's intern season. Like you can just get yourself into stupid trouble. New York intern season is freaking incredible. It is. I gotta say that's that's. Now I know why they have like lawsuits going on. All the fucking Joseph A. suit, you know, Joseph A. Bank suits come out, and <laughs> that's right. Everybody's coming all shiny and all polished, getting ready. The building I. I I work in, there's a big vile financial services company that a lot of people want to work for who have no souls. And all the interns started coming in this week and they're all just, it's like someone took like, went, it's like, you know, like it's despicable me with the minions. Mm. It's like they took minions and Joseph A. Bank and like combined them together and just shoved these people into these stupid suits. And they all look identical. Yeah. See, so the, I used to work for a package delivery company and the interns were nothing you would even want to recognize. Like they were just like in just work stuff, like construction stuff. And then I started working in like publishing <laughs> media. The people yep. in media are just like, it is crazy. It is like every runner up for every beauty pageant is coming in for an internship. It's weird. Very weird. Oh yeah, very different. Bill Cosby to have a field day. <laughs> Put it that way. Yeah, boy. But anyway, so this uh, co-working side, I like it. Yeah, nice. Glad they got their beer back. That's important. I think like even when you go to places like, like so I've gone to some sushi places where they don't have a liquor license or like what goes really good with sushi is a nice beer. So I actually said that to a waiter one time and I'm like, oh no, we got some beer in the back. He brought back a beer. And I'm like, wait a minute, it's not on the menu. He's like, no, no, it's on the house. And I'm like, okay, so legally they can't sell it to you, but they know I'm going to tip them. And I'm going to pay probably even more for that because of the fact that they don't give a shit about the, you know, but it's not breaking the law. So I guess it depends if, if it's part of their payment, like, I don't know why San Francisco cracked down on it. Maybe because I don't know they wanted to, but. I think it's a great way to differentiate yourself. San Francisco has way bigger problems. They have like some of them, like the highest records of people reporting like human feces in the street ever this year. Like every year it goes up. Yeah. 
people shit in the street in San Francisco. There's so many homeless there, yeah, that they're just like shitting in the street now. Oh, you think they have a problem with homeless coming in here just drinking beer? There's not homeless. There's free beer at this place. Yeah, right. That's why they stopped the the free beers at the uh, at this company because we work because all these homeless would just be like, yeah, I work here and grab the beers and leave and then crap on the freaking sidewalk. You get one meeting and you play garbage man. Just go and drink every other beer that you see unattended. (laughs) Yeah, like you put like Spalding from Caddyshack. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man, back in the day that was garbage man. Who's gonna play garbage (laughs) man? (laughs) Like, oh man, I never did it, but I saw people do it. I was like, that's messed up, man. Nothing positive comes from that. (laughs) It's just you you pretty much do it till you puke. Yeah, that's nothing positive about that. Oof. So anyway, so like some other cultures are pretty big into drinking. And one of the other cultures that's pretty big into drinking is South Korea. They can drink those people. Holy crap. They have, so talk about work. They have, uh, what's the term for South Korea where they actually go out together? Yeah, they have something like if you, you, you know, for business, I don't know if it's a bonding thing or just like a, a requirement. Like a you have to go. That's right. We talked about that before a couple times. Yeah, they did a whole thing on it. I think on Vice or one of one of the big. Like it's not even going out for drinks. It's getting hammered. Yeah, like they go out and just get trashed together. It's like, like legitimately company organized going out and getting hammered, and they they'll like announce it like, no, today we're on Hosick, and it's like you're calling like you have plans. You're calling and canceling plans to stay and drink. Like it is a hardcore messed up. Like it's kind of, it's kind of like a purge <laughs> yeah, for like, right. for like your liver. So the, the show I was watching, I forgot what show it was, but they were talking about Hosek and they were going through, um, Oh no, it was a podcast I was listening to. It was, uh, I think it was, it was podcast.com. I think it was Motley Fool and they, they were interviewing a guy that wrote a book about Hosek and he was saying he he lived there. His wife had a job there and when I don't know if she was Korean, but um, he went over and was working there. And he was like when he experienced it himself, he was just like, holy shit. It's <laughs> like people are just getting obliterated, literally obliterated. And then the, the whole thing is you're supposed to show up to work the next day. You're supposed to, and there's all these like rules behind the drinking. Like you, if they offer you a drink, you have to drink. Like it's, it's, it's crazy. It's like college. It's like fraternity hazing. Oh, it's crazy. And he's like, people just go out and they just drink and they have this wild, outrageous number for alcoholism, of course, as a result of that. And it's like a, a big part of their corporate culture. And I'm like, holy crap. So, um, then we saw this uh, this article. So Munchies wrote an article. South Korea has invented an ice cream that cures hangovers. Of course, they're the, the hardest, Asia's hardest drinking country. They're the ones who are going to need it, yeah. Yeah. I want to know the hardest drinking country in the world. Because Asia, I don't know, South Korea is pretty up there from what I saw. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, there's so many countries that are full of alcoholics. You know, like you have all the, uh, you know, like the... The Norway, I know, drinks a lot. Russia, they drink a lot. Um, England, obviously, the Irish. All the good stereotype drunk company or drunk countries. Well, they have like stats on beer drinkers. So I just pulled up. So the Czech Republic drinks the most beer. They're saying 
142 liters per capita. That's impressive. That's way over That's Germany. Germany's only 104. Wow. What happened, Germany? Poland, 99. Lithuania, 90. Like, really? That's just beer. That's beer. Now, we're not talking hard liquor. I think somebody's got to combine all the liquors and be like... What about who drinks the most Red Bull and vodkas? Oh, oh, that would have to be the country of Vegas. (laughs) The country of Vegas. (laughs) (laughs) Let's consider them their own country right now. Yeah. How many... Who who drinks the most incredible hulks? (laughs) (laughs) That would be competent. (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking Miami. Miami, I fucking, I, we gotta, we gotta have an incredible Hulk. Um, we're gonna have a few guests on. There you go. We talking about, we gotta have Incredible Hulk Day, we, and we gotta get the big, the Hulk hands to drink it out of. <laughs> we need to do the whole podcast in green and with like Hulk hands. <laughs> <laughs> you hear just like shit breaking, like oh yeah, I was trying to reach for my glass. <laughs> Sorry, Mario Smash. <laughs> Mario Smash. <laughs> All right, so that I pulled up something else. Countries with the highest alcohol consumption per capita. Russia? Belarus. Belarus. All right. Russian Republic. Close. Yeah. Belarus, Moldova, Lithuania, Russia. Russia's number four. Romania, number five. Uk- the Ukraine. The Ukraine. Right, so Russia's number five, but aren't the top five all like former Russian republics? So we put Russia back Soviet together. Yeah. <laughs> number one again, baby. <laughs> So Putin had his way. All those are together. Four, six, five. They're all together. They're and number one. And that's why they annexed the Ukraine, right? Wasn't it the whole purpose? So they, because of their alcoholism. Alcoholism, of course. Uh, Finland, number 16. South Korea, 17. France, number 18. They got that wine, man. They love that wine. Yeah. Ireland's number 21. What the hell happened to Ireland? And you know who's following Ireland? The little town of Luxembourg. Jeez. All 12 people there. Right over Germany. Germany's 23. Germany's got to keep it together. Listen, they're busy paying for an entire continent right now. Damn, and the UK is a little far behind. Not too far behind. 25. US is not even on there. Just like the US isn't even in the World Cup. Yeah, because, just, not even on the top just because you have all these like Jehovah's Witnesses and Amish and Mormons and stuff that kind of skew the numbers. We also don't get automatic retirement at 50 and we work a lot. We should be more alcoholic because of that. Exactly. Like we just have depression and a bunch of other shit going on. We just we don't get the benefits. We get the bad part. We have shitty kids who shoot up schools. Yeah. Damn. Because of bad parenting. Amen. I'm blaming this J Dub's brewing milk chocolate porter right now. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so getting back to this Munchies article. So it's called the Guillendo Bar. We got to order some of these goddamn things because they look delicious <laughs> and. um they're saying it, it cures hangovers. So I'm going to need guess, one tomorrow. So I don't think it overnight them. That's right. They're saying it's um, hangover cure is $125 million per year industry onto itself. And probably 60% of that is centered on uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. <laughs> so they're saying between pills, cosmetic products, um, uh, stomach calming food, uh, foods, all that stuff. But I came out with this. I oh, I want to do. I still never did the uh, the, the hangover bus. Still want to do it. My sister in law said she she's like, let me know when you guys are gonna party, and I'll come over and give you IVs the next morning. God damn it! She's such a good sister in law. She is. She's uh, I like Julie. She's good. 
She's the yeah. best. She could have a separate side business. We could fund her. I think. Dude, that would be at ski resorts. Skivonepodcast.com. Dude, we'll sign up. Oh, send her over. Because then we can finally get that. Um, we get like our, our van with Medical. the tank treads to like oh. drive around so we can off road with it snowing. Dude, I could be the we could be the weed delivery and she could be the <laughs> hangover delivery. It'd be perfect. Like we're, gonna, guess, we're gonna fix we're gonna fix last night's problem and we're gonna give you tomorrow night's problem. Exactly. Well, it calms everything. So that's true. We have to do the weed therapy just to get you calm enough to do the infusion therapy. It's like phase one is giving you the weed and phase two is the IV. Uh, this this has legs. We're gonna run with this. I think this so. Is, no. It could be pretty sweet, yeah. I want to get a dope ass van with the tank treads. You just you don't give a shit what happens. You just want for the van with the tank treads. The, the, exactly, pretty much. How about a Tesla with the tank treads? Well, that was the original prepper podcast. That's what we had as our our vehicle of choice. We got to do or a Wrangler. That'd be pretty sweet too. Although the prepper podcast, we were talking about driving on Mars, which we got to wait a few years for that. Yeah, I know you, Mars is your baby. I'm gonna let you have that. Love Mars. I can go to Mars today. I'd be there and be like, doing the podcast from Mars. <laughs> you know what I did today? Welcome. I skied Mars, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'd have a rover drag me around. I, I can care less. <laughs> anyway, so they're saying the Gando Bar is a grapefruit-flavored ice cream bar with a small amount of oriental raisin tree fruit juice. Yes, that's the official name of its raisin <laughs> juice. Oriental raisin tree fruit juice. Otherwise known as raisin juice. Yeah, right. Um, and the raisin juice has been considered uh, a Korean hangover treatment since the 1600s. Holy cow. So it's listed as a, in, in um, some medical books as a way to soothe away hangovers. Wow. Nice. In 2012, Journal of Neuroscience found that, tr- that raisin tree extract could reduce the effects of intoxication in rats. And you know what? If there's anything I haven't learned... Uh, more than reading a lot of uh, scientific research is that we're very similar to rats, I guess. So I've seen people that look more like rats than others, <laughs> but I guess our bodies act like rats. So, um, yeah, no, that's pretty wild, right? So that's the key is that oriental raisin tree juice. <laughs> Just need a fuck ton of raisins. Have to get hammered. I guess so. Maybe, right? You get hammered raisins, man. Sunday, baby. I need a 7-Eleven. Do you got any sun-made raisins? I got to eat those goddamn things before I go to bed. I'd be hammered tomorrow. That's so crazy. That's so cool, though. We got. I, I hope these come to the United States soon so we can try them. I think we should have the high fluid ski bomb uh, raisin tree extract shots. That would, that would work, too. That would work, right? Think about it this way. Instead of doing nasty-ass um, fireball, why not do... Highfalutin ski bum, vodka, and raisin shots. Then you're yeah. getting it while you're doing the shot. You get yourself neutral at that point. Boom! It's an even. You're you're neutral right there. Yeah, I know. You know those like um that that weird ice cream, those like dots, those like dipping dots, or I oh, I love those sometimes. And other yeah. times, I think that creepy shit. Yeah, but they should make something similar to that that you can put in your drink. So you can like drop a couple of those in, but I guess then if you saw someone drop something in your drink, you'd probably be very suspect of them. Well, Bill Cosby like, made something like that, but I don't think it, it did the same effect. That's like the fifth Cosby <laughs> reference you've made already. We're not even He's at ski news. He's on my mind. <laughs> well, yeah, but if they had some way they had this like hangover cured 
juice extract, drop it in your drink while you're you know still kind of partying, and it would prevent you tomorrow from being drunk. That'd be awesome. That'd be kind of neat, yeah. Do it while you're drinking. And you know I love juice. I fucking love juice. Just make it an ingredient. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So what do you got next? So with that... Let's get into the Genjula. And first up this week, President Donald Trump says he is likely, maybe, possibly to support ending the federal blanket ban on marijuana. At the end of him saying that, did he say, fuck you, Sessions? <laughs> yeah. Is that the yeah there's, there's, there's been some, some, some words saying that apparently Trump is not happy of his choice for Attorney General, Mr. Jefferson Beauregard Sessions. And perhaps one of the things he's doing to get back at him to be a dick is he's talking about like supporting this marijuana, you know, decriminalization act federally. And the spokes, you know, one of the leaders of the bill is a uh, Cory Gardner from Colorado. Mm-hmm. And he's been aligned with Trump on a lot of the issues so far. So I guess Trump is in a way kind of helping him out by supporting him on this. But it's so funny, like just reading Trump's quotes. It says, I support Senator Gardner. I know exactly what he's doing. We're looking at it, but I probably will end up supporting that. Yes. And then he has another quote later on in this article. Wow, this is a bigger article than I thought it was. I forgot where I had this. But he's like, yeah, we've seen it and maybe we'll do it. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking we will. Maybe, but not positively. We'll sign this. So you you think it's like, oh, this sounds kind of good, but we're not really sure 100%. Yeah. It sounds maybe sure, maybe 100%. Yeah. But, you know, this is being brought forth by a Republican senator. So that's always a positive thing for for Trump. Uh, But yeah, I, it would, I like where it's going. Yeah. I mean, because, Finally, we're actually getting people at the top offices to start talking about maybe we should not be such dicks and let the federal government step out like they stepped out of gambling, like they stepped out of other stuff and say, and say at least let federal government step off and let the states regulate whatever they want. Yeah, the less big government intervention, the better. Let people figure out what they want to do in their own little, their own little area, their own state. I mean, if you think of the purpose of the state, that is the purpose of the state. Let us regulate ourselves and then let the federal government regulate the major stuff that regulate that should apply to everybody. But at this point, marijuana legalization should not apply to everybody because states have legalized it. So yeah. it's obvious that states need to have their own individual, you know, reference on it. But yeah, totally. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So we'll see where that goes. Yeah, so following on that, um, senators actually approved medical marijuana for military veterans. Um, this is actually pretty big for me because I was uh, hoping this would happen a long time ago. And um, now they're finally getting into moving something ahead for it. But uh, the uh, Senate Appropriations Committee approved the amendment offered by a senator, uh, Steve Daines and Jeff Merkley. 
on a voice vote. So the voice vote was basically to uh, get just to move things along. And the measure simply allows veterans to discuss the option uh, with their VA doc or physician. Um, at least it's a first step. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. And this hits close to home because I have uh, friends, relatives that are dealing with either uh, they were dealing with Gulf War syndrome, um, PTSD, and a host of other injuries. And rather than go to marijuana as a painkiller and and coping mechanism, one that's um, not addictive and has no side effects. Exactly, they've been prescribed a shit ton of uh, opiates. So. Might as well just uh, at this point when somebody prescribes you the level. So I know personally for a fact, the level of opiates that they've prescribed for certain of my friends slash relatives, um, they would probably be better off going to an opium den and just smoking in an opium den again. It's crazy. It's it's absolutely horrific. So I don't know. I think anytime you think the, the, that's a drug might be really bad for you. Take half of that drug and say, would you give that to a baby? And if yeah. you wouldn't give that to a baby, why would you take that as, a hum- as an adult? It's crazy. Yeah. It's pretty messed up. And, you know, we've talked about it so many times already about, you know, the whole why marijuana is illegal and it, how does it make any sense? And it's all just, you know, big pharma and, and governments making money off of it. But the more you kind of peel back the onion and look at it, it's really true. But again, this follows suit with the with the first article. Like we're getting people at the higher level starting to actually have an intelligent conversation. Question: Why do we have this law? Should we not change it? Should we should we not think about it? Because I think it's really important for us to have that discussion. You know, like yeah, maybe not everything should be legal, not everything should be considered, but I think you should talk about everything, whether you want to consider it or not. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're intelligent people. We want to be intelligent people. So why why not? Plus, times have changed so much since those laws were enacted. So much new data is out there. So much more information. I mean, they used to stone women for showing ankle, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, times change. Times change a lot. Yeah, right? we should evolve and have to revisit these laws after a certain period of time. Yeah. So. Our right. forefathers were pretty goddamn smart, right? They all, were, they all were growing hemp and marijuana. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. They were brewing beer. That's right. <laughs> all right. We got one last sort of weed story over in the gondola. Oh, this is definitely. This is, this is really funny. So I, this guy. I don't know if you guys have seen this new meme. It's called the dabbing dude meme. And so what it is, it's a picture of these two girls, probably late teens, early 20s that are fighting, you know, one's in black, one's in white. And they're just like, they're just smashing on each other. And in the background, you see this dude, this dude with like no shirt on with like a pipe, just like like jabbing, just lighting it up. And the meme has, you know, the picture, the full picture on the left. And then on the right is like this dude zoomed in. So like an example of it, the two girls fighting, one says, you know, Republicans, one Democrats. And then the dude in the background says the one percent. <laughs> yeah, that was ridiculous shit. Like Western Roman Empire, the Visigoths, the girls, and then the Byzantine Empire just smoking up. Well, I 
I like the one Citadel of Rick's Galactic Federation and then Rick C-137. <laughs> Ah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a fun little meme. Dude is just like, he's just crushing it. Axis and he's Switzerland, just smoking up right there. Yeah, it's so friggin' funny. Stabbing dude up to you today. So, yeah, we'll have the link on the site if you want to check it out, but it's it's really funny. Every day. And I'm sure you can find, you know, different subjects to plug in your own use of that meme. Let's go to Ski News. You want to start with this uh, big breaking news? You want to take it? All right. So Vail Resorts is acquiring four additional resorts. Um, of course they are. And one of those is Okimo, which we know, know and love. Yep. Good old Ludlow, Vermont. Good old Ludlow. So they've announced. Um, so Stevens Pass was one of them, right? Um, there's a few of them. Mount Sunapee and Crested Butte. Damn. They yeah. got Crested Butte, goddammit. The Butte. They got the Butte. The Butte. So the big juggernaut keeps getting bigger. Um, and that's Vale. And then the, the counter to Vale is Alta is was Altera. Icon. Altera, yeah. Altera. Icon pass. So uh pretty wild that they're announcing this. I think there's a lot of speculation. Now with this announcement that the Northeast is going to be conglomerated at some point and some speculations going on for other resorts in the Northeast. Uh, there's a lot of people that go there. There's a lot of business that goes um, just, I think, because of their proximity. Uh, one of which uh, has had World Cup events recently, just saying. Okay. So. It rhymes with Willington. <laughs> 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 or killing mon I mean, yeah. yeah so uh but yeah so this is a big announcement and it comes on a just before they did um i guess their year end or quarterly announcement right oh was it uh, yeah they did it i think it was well so they announced the tease and then i think there was more of an update they updated it like yesterday or today um that it was really like almost not official, but like in the works. So, but Okimo, Sunapee, Crescent Butte, and Stevens Pass. Wow. Yeah, it's a serious collection of resorts. I gotta say, it makes you think about do I get the Icon Pass or the Epic Pass? Once you start looking, depends where you are. Yeah. Depends where you are. We're gonna have a blog post and probably a, a podcast about that in the upcoming couple of weeks. Because uh, one of our support staff is working on a write-up right now. But the problem is, she's writing it, and they keep buying new stuff, which keeps changing <laughs> value proposition. Damn, I just wrote it. Yeah, right? Jason, start writing again. Thanks. That's cool. All right, next off. This story came out last week, and I got very excited about it. Vermont will pay you $10,000 to move there and work remotely. What? I mean, how beautiful and amazing is that? In 2019, Vermont will pay people who move there and work remotely from an out-of-state employer $10,000 over two years to cover relocation expenses, co-working memberships, computers, internet, and other work-related expenses. Damn. Yeah. 
I think I'm getting relocated by my employer up to Vermont soon. There you go. Well, they're saying the big issue is that Vermont has, I mean, the population is only 625,000 in the whole state and it's an aging population. So they just need to get people to, you know, to move up there so they can have more taxpayers. They need a tax base. Exactly. Yeah. Your tax base is going to age out. Yeah. Wow. So they're saying that it's a first come first serve basis and it's only available to new residents who relocate on or after January 1st, 2019. Vermont has budgeted grants for up to 100 new remote workers in the first three years of the program and about 20 additional workers per year for every year after. Hmm. I like that. Yeah. So we have to move the, the uh, podcast headquarters up to there. Yeah, however we can do Which it, man. part of the plan anyway, so. Awesome. All right, so then we have, um, while we're getting into summer here in the Northeast or North America, um, South America, this is the time to go down to South America and ski your ass off. So five summer skiing getaways in the Southern Hemisphere. Uh, escape the heat and get down to go do some good skiing. Uh, you got South America and New Zealand are popping right now. So um, we found something on uh, New York Times. They, they put, put out a, a little list uh, of some of the, the hot places to go. Uh, Valle Nevado, uh, they're saying uh, 90 minutes from Santiago, Chile, has 70, uh, seven, sorry 7,000 acres of terrain one of the largest ski resorts in South America, uh, a lot of free skiing. And, uh, they're saying you could find some pretty good deals there. Uh, luxury ski lessons and slopes in Patagonia. Uh, Patagonia just seems pretty damn fine to go visit, um, any time of the year, but they get great snow, uh, budget friendly weekend getaways for couples at Valley Nevada. So if you're looking for a little romantic, uh, getaway, uh, New Zealand for young adventurers. So they're saying go to Queenstown, go to New Zealand, uh, hang out, and then go do some pretty good skiers. They're saying um, Coronet Peak and Cardona, um, and then luxury skiing in Tierra del Fuego. So uh, for people that want a luxury trip, they're saying um, there's a few travel agents that they they mention. Uh, and they order, they, or, um, you know, they run, uh, some full access, uh, trips down to Tierra, Tierra del Fuego National Park. So one of them actually has, and, and I'm, I'm like having to reread it, but they're saying it does a ski tour and then a cruise. Yeah, oh, that's sure. pretty cool. Yeah. Got to yours. You're to yacht, but it's not yacht to you. I guess you could do it the other way. Just saying. You gotta get there somehow. Yeah, you can do it by yacht first. <laughs> yacht to Europe. That's pretty awesome. Do you remember, like, what was your... There was, a, like, a quiz, I think. Didn't it say, like, you answer the questions and determine what what South American ski resort is for you? Yeah, I forgot what they said. Um, Were you Valley Nevado? I think I was Valley Nevado. I was like, I don't know you know. And then I looked, yeah. at, I looked into getting there, and it was like, got to fly in Santiago and then you got to take a bus or I was like, so it's a lot of, it's a lot of travel. Yeah. But think about it too, how few people are going to be there because of how much travel it is. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mine was Bariloche, Argentina. Mm, which I'd love to get to one of these well, days. What kills me about Bariloche is you don't hear anything about it until they get a shit ton of snow. Mm-hmm. And then you see these incredible pictures in all the magazines all over the internet. You're like, why is nobody there? I know, <laughs> right? There. The people that planned on them getting a shit ton of snow because it happens every, almost every year. It's crazy. And, and Nazi descendants. <laughs> well, that's it. <laughs> that too. That but yeah, that's I mean, they, they had, I, I guess the last few years, they got pounded. Yeah. They got, couple... got pounded too, right? Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, we got the snow report now. See, this is where if I start looking at the snow report, it may make me a little sad. Yeah, considering how, what is it, 85 degrees where you are now? 85 degrees, and the news actually had the humidity as oppressive. So I didn't know that was uh, over 75% is the technical classification of oppressive humidity. Fun. So, haven't been too bad actually. It was pretty nice out yesterday. People out hanging in by the pool, chilling out, going to the beach. You know, nice Florida How stuff. How are we doing in South Florida? Hmm. <laughs> All right, you got one more story in ski news. This is from Powder Magazine, and it's the matriarch of Alta reflects on her 44-year career. 44 years ago, Connie Marshall walked out of the Alta ski resort ticket office grinning she had just secured a job there for the winter like most college graduates she was optimistic on life despite having recently been passed over for the peace corps and the upcoming ski season guaranteed a few months of fun before she had to figure things out so this kind of goes into her life and it's a question and answer session with her and you know she's been working as the director of the ticket office and director of marketing and PR at Alta for years now. Met her father, met her husband there, raised their kids there, and I actually met her last year at the Ski Utah event in New York. And oh, she yeah. was she was just super sweet, very friendly. She actually gave me an Alta 80th anniversary pin, and I was the first one outside of the Alta folks to get one. So I felt pretty special about that, which was really cool. Um, and I love their business cards. They're actually, I got it right here. It's, you know, you got your information on one side and then the other side is two Alta stickers. Oh, wow. Which is pretty sweet. So, you know, I mean, you know, we always talk about trying to do this podcast full time because, you know, it's more of a passion project. I just think about like my, my full-time gig that I have now. And I just, I couldn't imagine putting any sort of the effort that she puts into or did put into working for Alta. I could never even remotely get to 30% of that at my, my job, my real stupid job, because there's just no passion. There's no connection to it. There's no joy. Like something, you know, like working for a place like Alta doing something that you you know, love. That's really cool for part yeah. of the career there. So awesome. Yeah. So Connie, congratulations. Best of luck with all your future endeavors. And I'm, I'm sure whoever you have trained will do a great job, but they have big shoes to fill. So hopefully they too will be at ski Utah and then we'll get invited again and uh, we'll get to meet this new person. All right. And with that, 
going to roll into our main topic this week. This main topic, we sort of threw it together and it's sort of sort of timely, right? With what's it's going timely. on. Timely. Yeah, exactly. But we wanted to do it with a nice twist, right? Uh, we wanted to keep it positive, obviously, yeah. And we were, you know, today we're recording this on June the 8th, Friday the June 8th, and we all just learned today about Anthony Bourdain and his, you know, his apparent suicide in uh, in France, which is absolutely horrible. And, you know, you, you try to wrap your head around it and figure out and understand why someone who seems to be living such an awesome, charmed life would, you know, re- resort to that. And, you know, we have no well, answers for true, that. In true Anthony Bourdain theme, what restaurant made him kill himself? Mm. Right? Did he have a, a, a restaurant that, like, drove him to this? Like, what? what I don't know. Could go that way. I think but, it's probably a little deeper than that, than, yeah. than a bad food experience. It's sad. It's, it's very sad. But it's just, yeah, you know, because, you know, we've talked about it on the podcast before, and we've mentioned him plenty of times. And, you know, our goal with this is to become the, you know, Anthony Bourdain's of the ski world. You know, go out and ski different areas and talk to people and try the food and hang out and you know, he was an inspiration for us to even do this podcast. You know, if he ever had his no reservations show and his, uh, his parts unknown, we never would have done this. It was inspiring. It was, it was motivating. It was uplifting. And that's kind of what we're trying to do with this. So, you know, you, you see something like that and you, you just, you just ask questions and you, you wonder why, but it's, it's just, it sucks. That's really what it comes down to. It just sucks. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, one of the things like that he, I think brought to everybody was, Hey, you know, you don't have to be the common courteous, like idiot that says the right thing and does the right thing. Like you can go in and be yourself and just say what you like, what, you know, push things, push the limit and question everything, which is, which is kind of nice. Yeah. That's kind of what we do here. And I think that's what like a lot of our listeners do. I mean, that's what, what we're about, you know, question everything. Well, that's why his show was so interesting and intriguing and people liked it is because it was so honest. It wasn't like this, like, uh, you know, overly acted, overly scripted, just just bullshit, you know, because there's so much of that everywhere to have someone be authentic and intelligent and and insightful and caring. I mean, he always talked about how, you know, great all these different people of different cultures were. And, you know, you, you think of areas like, you know, Cambodia or, you know, places in the Middle East. And he's like, no, we're all just people. We're all just, we get together to eat and, and hang out. And that's, that's the most important thing. You know, he kind of taught that lesson and uh, you just, you, Hey, you wonder, you know, cause he has obviously had a, a heroin addiction back in the day. And, you know, people say, if you, once you're an addict, you're always an addict. And who knows if that has something to do with it or an event in his life. But, it's just a, a a sad thing to have it go to that dark place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I tell you, um, but Guy Fieri's fucking fine. So don't worry. Have you ever seen like one of those old travel videos or shows? It is all candy and spice. And you think any place you see a travel video, the food is great and the restaurants are great and everything's great. Um, the one thing I loved about Bourdain is, is you saw what it was, what the real side of it. Like, mm-hmm. here's the stuff that's 
great and not so great, but still great to have that experience. You know what I mean? Like remember those like Beirut ones? They were under attack. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was the a lot about the experience. Like here, here's what you get. Like if you want this kind of experience, come on out. Like if if you don't want this experience, like stay the hell away. Like, Go to Disney. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Uh, but I remember like looking at old travel stuff like recently and I was like, wow, look at how manicured and, and like controlled everything is like they show like really nice places and, oh, this is such a lovely place. And this is such fantastic food and nothing in that whole video and the, and the whole show is bad. Like everything is great. You're going to love everything. It's like propaganda pretty much. Yeah, and that was before, like, you know, social media where people say, oh, I had a really shitty experience at this place. And then I think, you know, that changed, you know, Bourdain brought the actual TV into, like, modern culture where you're like, no, everything wasn't great, but here's what it actually is. And it's like, you might have, you might like it, you might not like it, but here's, here's, here's reality. You it's know? genuine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, and you know he did go skiing in a couple episodes too. Yeah, Where the, did he go skiing? The Jersey one. He went to Mountain Creek. Nice. That was one of the probably first five episodes he ever did on the No Reservation show. Yeah, he's tearing up on Mountain Creek. He was doing great. Nice. There's that one, and then uh, remember we had Kevin on the podcast last summer. Yeah, he was talking about his trip to Japan, and you know when Bourdain he went to Japan to Niseko, and he skied that area, and he Kevin said that he. They based a lot of the stops and the places they went on on Bourdain's trip. Very nice. So very cool. Yeah. So you know. So obviously we're paying tribute to Anthony Bourdain, but uh, you know, in that in his you know honor, we're also talking about some of our favorite food experiences we've had while we've been out on on ski trips. So, so. as for Danish people, like where where is one of the places that where are a few places that you've been that during ski trips? Well, one of my classics, this one is, we just, again, we, you talk to people, you talk to someone at the hotel, freshies in Lake Tahoe. Oh yeah. Some of the best fish tacos I've ever had were at that place at freshies. The funniest thing is we thought we're like, this is like a horrible decision. Like why are we going to the strip mall to have this freshies? But yeah, but as soon as that first bite, yeah. All right. So for me it was the Tahoe trip too. And I'll never forget this. I don't think you'll ever forget it either. <laughs> I actually found the website and just texted it to you. Red's old 395 grill in Carson city. You're driving from Reno to Tahoe and do you stop at the bunny ranch? No, stop at red. <laughs> they will smoke anything. I tell you that place is freaking dynamite. Um, God damn. I love that place. Food is outstanding. Great bar. Best barbecue. Nice little fireplace. We're hanging out. Oh, it's- and again, too, like, so we were just talking to someone at the hotel, I guess, right? And we tried to go in one place and was it closed or we couldn't get a table or something? And they, they're like, you should try Reds. It's really rustic, though. We're like, that's fine. That's great. You know, we stopped to ask for a pl- for a recommendation. And I think the place was like a hotel that was connected to like a bowling alley. It was the weirdest shit. There was definitely a bowling alley involved. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, oh, why don't you go down to Reds? Reds is really good. Because we said, like, we want barbecue. They're like, oh, Reds is great. And we're like, all right, we just went to a bowling alley, got a, got a barbecue recommendation. Look at <laughs> how good this is. And I tell you what, it was freaking home run. It was dynamite. 
That was great. I tell you, that was a special find because it was not in a resort build. It was in the middle of nowhere because it was off the path. Like, it, was it was random, yeah. It wasn't even off the main road. Like you would have to kind of know like in the area where it was, but it was like a huge place. Yeah, I love today. Like if you were at the bar enough, you would actually get like a placard put in front of your spot. As like that's your seat. That so if one you show guy up, was like, "This is my seat." I'm like, what do you yeah. mean? Yeah, oh, that was great. Like three million two hundred forty-seven gallons of beer consumed. Well, so we're in the middle of nowhere. We we have no idea what Carson City is. I mean, we're we're not world travelers at this point. We're just like this is our first trip, like outside, like across, like the West. You know what I mean? And uh, we go out to this place and we look, and it is they had. The, the the one thing we're looking at this and I was a construction guy. I'm like, holy shit, this place must've cost a lot to build. Like it was a structure. Like it was, they had chariots from, and, and we, we talked to somebody they're like, no, what, I guess the owners were collecting like chariots and, and coaches from like movie sets and they would hang them on the ceiling. It was crazy. So they had all these like big things. And I'll never forget they had, um, it was one of the first places way, way back. Cause it was a while ago. Um, they had a hundred beers on tap. We're like, nobody had a hundred beers on tap. What are you talking <laughs> about? And they had this giant old fashioned, remember the, the fire engine, the fire pumper. Yeah. Like sitting on top of the bar on like this, like raised level. It was really kind of cool. Um, and actually the website has a, uh, a picture of it. It brought back some memories. I tell you, that place was cool. Yeah, that place was great. Another place I liked, I tell you, ride Brown Dog Pizza. Ah, oh, yes. Right? That's a blast from the past. That place was great. Yeah. Uh, some of the best pizza. I mean, we grew up in New York and lived in Jersey and been around good pizza. That was Chicago style pizza that was freaking delicious. Love that place. Yeah, that place was really good. You know, while we're talking about Telluride, I will also say the uh, Garano Ranch for barbecue. Oh, the Gonorrhea Ranch. Gonorrhea, the Gonorrhea Ranch, yes. Effect, affectionately known as the Gonorrhea Ranch. <laughs> that place was fun, man. Yeah. That, even the atmosphere, like hanging out, like if it's sunny out, they got the Adirondack chairs, dude playing is like acoustic. It's freaking great. It was a lot of fun, yeah. That was a lot of fun. And then, you know what, I'm going to, while I still have the mic, I'm going to pivot. So speaking of barbecue, remember last year when we were at Canyons or Park City, I guess, technically, we found that barbecue place outside. I think it was the Tombstone Grill. I think it was called the 9900 lift. It was further down than that. It was like below the lift below that one. Yeah. I think it's the Tombstone Grill. That was delicious. Yeah, that place was dynamite. And you could sit outside. It was it was great. We had to sit outside. There was no inside. That's 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 I a good that. point. Yeah, there was no inside. I love that. It's a hut. You get your food and sit outside. There's benches. I don't care if it's snowing or whatever. You're eating outside. It was, it was delicious. Cold. Yeah. Yeah, that was really good. That was a fun time. And then let's move over to uh another favorite of I think both of ours was the gun barrel. In Jackson Hole. Jackson, I guess. In Technically, Jackson. yeah. If you like smoked meat, if you like stuff like game meat, it was 
I think we had everything, right? Like Bison, elk. elk, yeah. I'm like salivating right now thinking about we we had moose. We had wow, we had everything there. Yeah. That's pretty damn good. I think I had like a maybe it was it a a moose or a bison prime rib or something the first day, and it was just it set the stage perfectly for the week. Mm-hmm. The only thing I had more game meat at was when we went to Austria. <laughs> yes. Yeah. We had freaking had to. everything. We had everything there. We had one night, one kangaroo. night kangaroo, like everything. And we're talking Austria skiing, not Australia. <laughs> we, we had everything that night. That was yeah. pretty amazing. That was really awesome. Uh, I gotta say some, that was some of the best meals that whole week. Um, Damn, I love Reds. I want to. I wish Reds was around the corner. I am so glad that Reds. You moved isn't further away from Reds. I know, but I'm glad Reds isn't like in every city because then it would be shitty. McReds. standard McReds. <laughs> <laughs> Reds is one place you got to go out to get it, and yeah, that's what I love about it. What else? What else we got? I'll throw one other one out there. The um, we were out in Zermatt there was a lodge that we ate at, I think at least two, two lunches and they had this kick-ass goulash. Oh yeah. I had at least two days there and it was just so good. It was so perfect. If you don't know what goulash is, it's pretty much you take uh, like chopped up, like fine cubed beef and onions and spices, like a lot of paprika and, mm-hmm. and you, you, you cook it as like a, a soup in a way, like a very, very thick soup and you get some bread or noodles and you scoop it up and you eat it with the, with that meat. And it's just, I guess almost like a, like a different type of chili in a way. Or like a stew, but with not as much vegetables. Exactly. Like a, like a very meaty stew. Yeah. Meat stew. <laughs> yeah. But out of this were a lot of spices, really tasty. And, yeah. uh, that was I can still think about and see it now. I got a picture somewhere that I looked at recently, but so awesome, so delicious. Damn, good. And then we have our favorite place, uh, fancy place, right, Whistler? Oh, the grill room the grill at the Fairmont. Room. Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they'll they'll bring out a, a wagon, like a beef wagon, and you can cho- choose how thick you want to have your steaks cut. That's always yeah. very impressive. So that's one of the things you go on a ski vacation, right? You know, you spend a lot of money to eat anywhere. Why not go to like one of the fancier places? They wheel out the meat on a wagon. They cook it any way you want. It's freaking delicious. Why wouldn't you do that? Right. That's true. Why wouldn't you? I'll eat tacos every other night and just have one night of just eating your face, something the size of your head, just beef. Yeah. It's a smart move. Or vegetables. I'm sure they have vegetables if you're not a beef eater, but. Oh, they did. Yeah, they weren't nearly as tasty as the beef, though. Yeah, they had good food there. I tell you what, really good. And then the keg has a solid burger, man. Love the keg. I gotta say, I had that burger when we went there, and I was like, "This is a damn good burger." <laughs> All right. So, any other thoughts on food or Anthony Bourdain before we wrap up the old main topic? Yeah, I think right now because I'm hungry. Yeah, I'm just really hungry. No, but you know, I think uh, you know, I think everybody should be a little bit Anthony Bourdain when you go on a ski vacation because there's a lot of good stuff to explore. I mean, even in Telluride, we went to uh, there was a little cafe, local cafe, where it's like a coffee shop and they had paninis and stuff. Um, 
good stuff. You just got to find it and ask around. Um, it's not about necessarily going to everything that's advertised about like looking for your own, own little path, finding it. And you have a good story to tell afterwards and some advice for friends, which is good. Kind of what we do. Yeah. Don't be afraid to talk to people because the locals will always have the best information. Until we find freshies. Killington the yurt. The yurt. How many people go to the yurt at Killington? How many people go to Killington and how many people even know there's a yurt there? I think 16 people max can ever, ever fit in there. Yeah, it's freaking, it's great. It's cozy, good food, and good drinks. Yeah. In the yurt. Yep. So, you know, we're all just, you know, we're still kind of coming to grips with, you know, Anthony Bourdain being gone. And, you know, like his whole thing is he's going and, and eating food with people and talking with them and understanding them. And we can do the same thing on these ski trips, you know, talk to the locals figure out what they're all about, find out what they like. And, you know, you'll, you'll probably lead to a pretty interesting experience too. So make it count. Well said. And rest in peace, Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Under the ropes. Mario, start us off. All right, so starting off, we got uh, some big shit happening uh, next week. Is it next week? What are we on the ninth? Yeah, next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got the World Cup is actually starting, and um, Vladimir Putin hopefully stays out of it. Uh, he might throw some of the games, but uh, Thursday the fourteenth, he's uh, going to start his fixing against Saudi Arabia, uh, two dirty countries uh, against each other, probably fixing on both <laughs> sides. A lot of money being changed hands, so um, we're going to have to see how that goes. But uh, that's Thursday. And then Friday, we get into more stuff. Saturday, uh, I don't know. The only problem is I don't see the USA flag here anywhere. So USA and Italy both did not qualify for the World Cup. Not, and Italy too, huh? Yeah. Um, couldn't, couldn't make them. But mighty Peru and, and powerhouse Serbia both made it. Yeah, so there's been a lot of controversy with the FIFA. Not just, I guess, Russia... They didn't have a lot of controversy with having it in Russia, even though there might have been behind the scenes. They didn't look too much into it. There's a lot of controversy with who qualified and why and how they ran the qualification. Um, and then for the next World Cup, uh, I think we're, that's going to be in Qatar. They actually mm-hmm. proved it's proven that they actually took money for having it there. <laughs> Does anything happen because of that? There's kind of like, yeah, we took money. We'll see you in Qatar in 2022. Oh, that goes to the onion story. Remember the guy said there. Oh, that guy is fucking great. <laughs> so that's going to come up again in another four years. Cause that's the, the world cup that was, uh, they proved they, it was proven that they took money and the person from, I forgot what country he was with, um, was holding up the onion as a source of news. For that. <laughs> it was fucking it was like Christmas. Oh, it was beautiful. <laughs> the guy's such an asshole. I'm going to go back and watch the YouTube on that. I love that guy. <laughs> he was all like, oh, look, the onion's reporting it too. Yeah. I love that guy. Uh, yeah, so it's it's starting soon. So you said you're taking off next week to watch it, Brian? Well, no, I'm not taking off next week to watch it. I'm, take, I'm taking off, and um, it's a an added byproduct of the joy of being off from work. You're going to be in full-on Russia gear, aren't you? 
like out there Thursday watching the game, aren't you? You know me. I'm all about supporting the Russians. I, I pick you as a Uruguay man. Fake news. Fake news. Sad. So who are you pulling for this year? I'm pulling for who I always pull for. Mighty Germany. Mighty Germany. Germany. Germany's got a tough group this year, though. Rosa Mueller on there, and there's always... Yeah, they got the, uh, they're in Group F, which is a tough one this year. They're, they're playing Mexico on Sunday, the uh, 17th That'd at 11 a.m. That's going to be a good game. Yeah, they got, they got Mexico, then Sweden. So they got, they got a pretty tough group. Um, I'm going to go out and watch the Germany-Mexico game because I tell you what, there's a lot of Mexican fans love... I tell you, they do... They have a, a big turnout, and the Mexican team's been better and better every year. So, yeah, they had yeah. kind of a rough, a rough patch the last couple of years, but they're supposedly back now to yeah. the way they used to be. So it should be a pretty entertaining game. But well, Germany, well. you know, obviously one of the favorites because you know they're the, the reigning champs, and you know they have, they've just won the um, was it the under twenty one or under eighteen championship. So they have yeah. so many young players that are ready to come up. The UC 18 or UC 25, whatever it is. They, yeah. They yeah. They've seen like, there's only nine players from the 2014 World Cup team that are still still on the team. Wow. And they've got new guys that are better and ready to go. So they're playing some commercial. And the funniest one was the uh, the Brazil against Germany. Oh, That's God. Funny. Was it 8 nothing or 8-1 or whatever it was? Nothing is horrible in Brazil. That is one of my favorite sporting events of all time. Because <laughs> to see the people in the crowd just crying and then the players crying, it was it was like the epitome of like if you look in the in Wikipedia, you see crushed, you see a picture of that crushed. Ultimate Holy defeat, God. yeah. They play in Switzerland. Switzerland's a pretty strong team. Yeah, they're not bad either. So there's a lot now, of Korea Republic. Is Korea like North they, Korea and South Korea are playing together? No, I think it's just South Korea. Oh, okay. But I think that's how they define themselves. Korea's a pretty good team. Sweden's not bad. Belgium's not bad. Panama, I don't know much about. Tunisia, I think he's going to get spanked by England. But England, they go clean until the knockout round. They, they got a lucky group this time, England. England I know. Do. That's when they go yeah. clean. Yeah, but they always, like, last time they got, like, I think two two draws. Like zero 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 zero, and they they beat like you know. If you get Trinidad, they beat like they beat like Trinidad and Tobago by like one nothing. If you get that nil nil box, you're gold. It's true, right? Winning that pool. Yep. <laughs> Let's see, Colombia, Japan. I don't know Japan. Yeah, Colombia is Colombia's coming on strong. Senegal, Poland, Poland's a powerhouse. Russia, well, compared Egypt. to Senegal, they are. Yeah. Portugal's Spain's gonna be really strong. I'm talking shit because I don't follow soccer that much. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Australia, maybe they'll come back. Iceland, Iceland's the. Uh, they're like they they did unbelievably well last time. So there, yeah. there's a lot of hype behind them to see if they're gonna repeat what they did last time. I'm a little sad. I don't see America. I don't see America, the USA, or my brother and Nor- Norwegians. They're not there. Nope. The orange is not there. Didn't make it. Damn. I mean, that's the Netherlands. Yeah, yeah. they didn't make it. Not Norway. <clears throat> yeah, not Norway. <laughs> yeah, Netherlands, Italy, and U.S. all didn't make it. The Dutch, Norway. It's like three different names for the same place. Yep. Holland. I guess it's like Americans and USA, and like you would call it USA, USAans, like and Merkins. Merkins. <laughs> Merkins. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right. Next up. Who do you think is going to take this? I think they got uh, 501 odds on Uruguay. Yeah, I take those odds. Or Morocco. I think I'm putting 100 down a sub on Morocco. I'm I'm still pulling for Germany and they're going to win it. But they're saying uh, the Sports Illustrated, I was reading an issue where they had the whole breakdown and they were predicting uh, Spain playing Belgium in the final. Really? Germany and Uruguay in the uh, third place. Croatia or anything like that? Yeah. Wow. Spain should be solid. Yeah, Belgium Belgium should be solid. So it'll be interesting to see. You know, I'll put a saw buck down in Tunisia. I'm going to make that shit happen. Be raining up in here. You will have just pissed away your money if you do that. <laughs> it's like betting on me to win the World Cup. <laughs> Brian, I don't know how you're gonna do it. It's really, really that bad. <laughs> really that bad. Yeah, that's awesome. All right. Next up, after analyzing 127 studies, scientists prove coffee is good for everyone but one select group. Ooh. How bad does that suck? Being like that one person who's like can't have coffee um that select group is pretty limited though that is very true (laughs) you i don't think i'm not being sexist or racist but i don't think you could be in that group but maybe not i don't know so uh this was in the annual nutrition a review of nutrition and it had a analysis of 127 studies of the effects of coffee on human health and the analysis conducted by the University of Catania in Italy, and without funding from beverage companies, ranked random trials and observational studies according to their methodology and reliability, and then collated the results into a super study. And they said that evidence of drinking coffee is associated with a decreased risk of many common cancers, including breast, colecteral, colorectal, is that right? Colorectal. Colorectal. Colorectal, colon, endometrial, and prostate with a 2 to 20% reduction in risk, depending on the cancer type. Reduction in risk of 5% of cardiovascular disease and around 30% of both type 2 and Parkinson's, type 2 diabetes and Parkinson's, and three, a lower death rate. So it turns out that coffee contains natural antioxidants, which are molecules that reduce the free radicals that damage your your cells and cause you to age. Coffee also repairs your DNA, thus making your cells less likely to become cancerous. You're like Superman when you drink coffee. Dude, seriously, it's a natural anti-inflammatory which calms your body so that you don't overact stress. And coffee improves an efficiency of enzymes that regulate insulin and glucose metabolism, thereby fending off Parkinson's and type 2 diabetes. Wow. That's why I have like 12 cups of coffee a day now. Yeah, they're saying most Americans don't drink enough coffee. What? To get the maximum health benefits, you need to drink at least four to five eight-ounce cups a day. Wow. All right. That's all yeah. about. I'm usually normally about that. Wow, that's pretty crazy. I was just drinking it now, so that's definitely helpful. You know, it's kind of sad. Like <clears throat> you hear a lot of health studies and a lot of people like in health, they talk about stuff and they're like, you know, antioxidants are very big. Like it's, it's very good nutritionally for people and very good for your bodies to have antioxidants. And they're always like, you know, they're always, and it is kind of a, a weird thing when you think about how many 
different types of antioxidants there are in the world. They say most Americans, the American diet, um, most Americans get their antioxidants. The biggest source of it is coffee. Wow. Yeah, it's crazy. There's like berries, vegetables, like people don't eat fucking vegetables at all. Like I don't, I don't get it. Like I eat a lot of because churches doesn't have vegetables. Dude, I love churches chicken. There's one right by me. I don't know. Do if they I have vegetables you. though? Who cares? They have like a little drip. Oh, you know what's really good? Greens, collard greens. They have it there? I love collard. This is the South, man. They got collard greens everywhere. Nice. Uh, okra, I'm not a big fan of. Um, polenta, which is the other grits, not a big fan of. But I tell you, you get some collard greens, some baked beans in there. I'm a big fan. And a little turkey. Church's chicken. That is, that's it. I don't know. I would put churches up against KFC any day. Oh, any day, bro. Nice. So, in this study, though, they did say that there is one group who should not indulge, and that's pregnant women. So, they said there's a, uh, it increased the possibility of miscarriage. So, everyone else, get your coffee on. Now, that increased possibility of miscarriage because of what it does to your body or I don't know if it actually says drinking too much coffee and being healthy and falling down stuff. Like what, what happens? Like, why is that? It doesn't, it doesn't really say, and I'm not reading that study because it's way too much to read right now. So what's crazy is these are studies on top of studies. So now we've gotten to the point where you can do a study, put the, the information out there, and then you can have an algorithm that goes out, collects the information that you put out there from your one study puts like 20 studies together and then says, here's how we think the, all these studies like attribute to this, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Think about it. So it's a lot more scientific that way. Yeah. It's like, uh, you're getting, you know, because everybody knows that a few of the studies are sponsored by the coffee industry. <laughs> yeah. That's why they actually say that it's, it was not sponsored by any beverage companies. Yeah which that's been the trick that got everybody for a long time was, Hey, you know what? Smoking's not bad. It's you know, <laughs> sponsored by Marlboro. Sponsored by Marlboro. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or it would be the, the American society for uh, smoking research, you know, like some ridiculous like that. Right. But anyway, uh, this next uh, one is right up your alley, Mario. Yeah, so judge throws out a Sesame Street lawsuit against ejaculating puppets movie. <laughs> so there is a movie coming out called The Happy Time Murders. Um, and Sesame Street was trying to sue because they have puppets involved in the movie that kind of looks Sesame Street-like. And Sesame Street is claiming that the R-rated puppet movie, puppet movie featuring, quote-unquote, ejaculating puppets infringe on its trademark. <laughs> So uh, a judge ruled that, yeah, you can't stop puppets from ejaculating and doing whatever the hell they want on screen as long as there's a proper... like Puppet lives matter. <laughs> exactly. As long as there's a proper um, rating, uh, just because you're a puppet doesn't mean Sesame Street has the rights to puppets. So ejaculate people. Ejaculate. Yeah. <laughs> Just because puppet ejaculate is going across the screen doesn't mean Sesame Street owns that puppet ejaculate because it came out of a puppet. Everybody knows that those puppets, they get mine. They so gets mine, Larry. So Sesame Street's attorney, Mary Mulligan. I gets mine, Big Bird. <laughs> even offered up some alternative taglines like 
puppets get freaky and naughty puppets. Oh my God. So I guess they didn't like the puppet because it was happy street. Uh, happy time murders. What was like, was their tagline? So like all, no sesame all street. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, you you just can't you can't make this stuff up, which is beautiful. So yeah, it's um, coming out uh, August seventeenth. So you got two months to to prepare it's, you. It's literally coming out August seventeenth. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, if you want to see some freaky puppets getting freaky, um, wow, it's it's interesting that you have to be a lawyer with a straight face and defend the brand that you're getting paid to defend. So. Thank God for lawyers, right? <laughs> the judge is like, look, I can't even hear this anymore. Yeah. Like, oh. Get out of my court. Get out of my court. Go to Judge Judy. All right. Take, take your puppet to Jacklet and go to Judge Judy. <laughs> yeah. Yup. All, right. All right. What do you got? We got one more story left. And this is another weird kind of dark one. This is fucking disturbing. MIT scientists created a psychopath AI by feeding it violent content from Reddit. So basically they just found a bunch of Reddit information and put it into this robot and it turned into a psychopath asshole. Ah, they wouldn't say what Reddit feed they, they took (laughs) because, you know, so here's the fucked up part, right? So you're like, all right, so you put into AI, you're like, Oh yeah, it's computer learning, whatever computer learning is flawed, but you're feeding that shit to like kids, like, Think about that. How fucked up that is. Like, just human beings are ingesting that in wholesale fashion, yeah. along with other messed up feeds too. Crazy. We're pretty much taking like the worst of people, which is how people act online, and you know, plugging it into this this being whose everyday existence is going to be that the worst that we can possibly be. So think about it this way: if we are so, if we all ingest social media so much. We get to a point where we think in a certain way. How would we know we're thinking in a real fucked up way unless something else is there to say, hey, wait a minute, without the social media, you wouldn't be so fucked up. Like, what's going to do that? What's going to tap us on the shoulder and be like, hey, you know what? You guys are pretty messed up. (laughs) Right? Yeah. Yeah, we don't have anybody to tell us that. If no one will listen to. Yeah, right. We're sitting on the outside looking at this AI saying, wow, this is pretty messed up. And they have some examples. They have like. Oh, the inkblot results is a little disturbing. Yeah. Oh, dude. Like those are nasty. (laughs) Inkblot number four. The standard AI sees a black and white photo of a small bird. This psycho Norman says man gets pulled into dough machine. (laughs) Oh, it's crazy. It goes on and on. Inkblot number two. Standard AI sees. A close-up of a vase with flowers. Norman sees a man is shot dead. Like, it's just disturbing. It's really bad. Or here, close-up of a wedding cake on a table. <laughs> Standard air. That's pretty cool. All right, great. You know what Norman sees? Man killed by speeding driver. Yeah, really fucked up. God damn. And who, again, is doing this? Boston Dynamics. <laughs> <laughs> freaking mit man you guys this is you do you really think this is a good idea okay think about this running through the ai that is doing that creepy jumping remember those videos of that ai jumping all those dogs or yeah from boston dynamics yeah oh that's That's right same company man 
Like the little raptor dogs opening the door for each other. So they created this fucked up AI. Can you imagine putting them into the dogs? Ugh, that's what they're going to do. Right, crazy AI jumping up. Or the, the dog that opened the door, remember? That was a fucked up thing. Yeah, and they held it for the other one, yeah. God damn. Yeah. It's creepy shit. It is very creepy. It's going to be a man shot dead pulled into a dough uh, do machine. <laughs> it's going to be combining all of them after being killed by a speeding driver. <laughs> and meanwhile, the other eyes, I see a beautiful butterfly. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Nope, not me. Nope. <sighs> I guess that, that's kind of like the AI and meth versus the non-AI. I don't know. Pretty much, yeah. So guys, you should probably stop doing that at this point and just put on some like Yanni music videos or something. Chill out this AI. I really hope they're not doing that to those creepy dogs or the, the robot. That can oh, they are. Them. Trust me. They freak me out, man. Things are going to go nuts in there. All right. So on that, I guess that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. Please check us out, skibonepodcast.com. We're on the socials, twitter.com slash skibonepodcast, facebook.com slash skibonepodcast, instagram.com slash skibonepodcast. We are on Pinterest as the Highfalutins, and we are on SoundCloud as highfalutin-skibum. And if you could, please subscribe and rate us. We'd really appreciate it. That would help us out tremendously. And we'll have links to that on the website, in the show notes. And with that, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah, stay tuned. See you.